0: Hey, what is going on, everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. Some people say money can't buy happiness. Those people have never bought a beer. <laughs> my name is Thomas, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend, Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what beer are you drinking today? I didn't Do, see it. Yeah, the so
1: camera. I, I saw, I think you saw the glass that I poured it into, yes. Um it's it's not October when we're recording this, and I I try and like fight the urge to get a pumpkin beer early, but it's like I just, I love them, and uh, so so I got I got my first one, Voodoo Ranger Atomic okay. Pumpkin from New Belgium. The uh the same people do Flat Tire or Fat Tire.
0: Uh, it's really good. It's a good stuff. I, I bought pumpkin beer in August this year. Whoa. <laughs> so. And you know what? I don't feel bad at all because. Was that right after Bulls you got board. your PSL? My PSL. I have never bought a PSL. Okay, good. So, yeah. I, I'll walk into Starbucks with some Uggs later on, maybe this week, and try it out. <laughs> no, <it's- laughs> but I don't feel bad because I saw Bowls and Board driving home the other day. For this weekend, they're doing like a crazy big fall Halloween y pumpkin ride, pumpkin beer, everything festival up in the mountains in oh my September. God. So I, I don't know about New York, but here in Denver, it seems like we just consider you know, early September to probably mid-November to be October, and that's perfectly fine with me. <laughs>
1: you, you guys start growing your pumpkins in June in Denver? I think so.
0: I haven't actually gone to see if there's any pumpkin farms out here. I don't, I don't know if the climate is good for pumpkins. Mm. I hope so, because I want to go pick pumpkins and do hay rides and all that stuff, so... We will have to see. Well, on uh, a, on a
1: Halloween, we'll have to do just a pumpkin carving episode, like competitive.
0: You and I are just competitively it, carving pumpkins while yeah. also trying to give money advice. <laughs> <laughs> I have some uh, hot cinnamon tea in this cool, like glass mm. floating mug thing, so that's fun. And I have like a whole pot of it, so I'm good to go for this entire episode. Badass, but guys. So we are bringing a guest that has been on the show once before, before I was a co-host, before my tenure, uh, Chris Costello, who is the founder or co-founder of Bloom. Chris, welcome back to the show.
2: What's up, guys? How are you?
0: Doing Good, very man. well. I think it's a little bit too late for me to drink a beer, but I'm still doing pretty good.
2: Yeah, we're we're managing money here at Bloom, so I ought to probably stay away from that as well till after, at least after the market closes. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah, after (laughs) this
0: interview, I have a lot of very detailed work to do. So I don't know, Andrew, have you ever heard of the Balmer peak? That's my favorite XKCD article. I always
1: try, I try and hit my Balmer's peak at like ten thirty ish in the morning, (laughs) (laughs) and then you just keep the buzz going for, I guess, an hour or two, sleep, and then that's it.
0: I have found that the Balmer Peak, and for those of you who don't know this, there's an XKCD comic uh, talking about like, the Balmer Peak is like this this optimum level of intoxication where you can get the perfect <laughs> amount of work done, and once you go beyond it, you start to just make tons of mistakes. Um,
2: that sounds like a very fine line right there.
0: It's, it is a very fine line. I contend that it does exist, but you found it. it, it is fleeting. So
1: it's the best 20 minutes ever.
0: <laughs> oh my God. I'm so motivated. I'm getting so much done. And now I'm going to sleep. <laughs> or you wake up the next day and you look at your work and you're like, who did this? <laughs> so Chris, Bloom helps people manage their 401ks, right?
2: That's exactly right.
0: Awesome. And I'll, I'll be honest to the listeners here. I like knocked my tea and spilled a little bit. So if I sounded a little bit weird in that last sentence, that's why. Um. Now, I have never actually had a job where I had a 401k because I went straight mm-hmm. from college to being an entrepreneur. I did an internship once, but interns didn't get mm-hmm. 401ks. So for me and for the people who don't completely understand what exactly a 401k is, what exactly is it? And what's wrong with it or what are the current problems that you guys see with 401ks that you're trying to solve?
2: Yeah. Well, well, thanks again, guys, for having me back as I was chatting earlier with you. I uh, always have a special place in my heart for Listen Money Matters because, uh, you know, you guys gave Bloom a shot on your show. It's been uh, over three years ago, summer, I think, 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly we have uh, made quite a bit of progress uh, since that point that I'm very, very proud about. Um, but so, so Bloom i think the best way maybe to tee up kind of the the problem we're addressing is maybe to give just a little bit of context on the why behind behind bloom and and i think that involves kind of sharing the story about how this whole thing came to fruition so prior to bloom myself and and my other co-founder we managed money uh, at a different firm that we started generally for very wealthy people. Um, usually the account minimum was a million dollars um, to even get in our front door. Um, the, the, the crappy thing about that, the sad irony, if you will, is my own mom and dad didn't qualify to even get in the door. Now, now I don't want you to think I'm an a-hole. They're my parents, so uh, <laughs> clearly I was helping them. But my, my point is, is that my mom and dad – uh, and millions and millions of other Americans that don't have a gazillion dollars or, you know, 500,000 or a million, whatever. The problem that we saw in the financial services industry is that if you don't have enough money to qualify to actually go get help from a professional advisor, the only other option is to DIY it. Why do you think you know, that completely is? Figured out. I think a a large part of that is that it's hard to scale a service business until technology got to a point where we can do things like that. And, you know, one of the things I love about technology is when it, it comes in and it. It allows services to be delivered to a, a big swath of people that didn't previously have access to those services. And it's clearly happening across the board in financial services everything from baking uh, to insurance to lending, and obviously wealth management and portfolio management, which is clearly the space that Bloom is in. Um, and so it just, you know, technology needed to be at a certain point before we could do that. Chris, what, um, what is the
1: latest cake technology? Baking technology.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I heard it too. <laughs>
0: Banking. (laughs) Oh, did I say cake? (laughs) I said baking. You said said banking, but it sounded a little bit like baking. I was like, I love cupcakes,
1: and if I could eat them faster somehow.
2: (laughs) I'm sure somebody's disrupting that industry somewhere right now. I'm I'm not familiar with it, Um, (laughs) so. You know that that was a big part of why we wanted to build something like Bloom. In fact, Kevin, there's a quote we have up on the wall in our office that Kevin said to me in the early part of 2013. He said, "You know, Wall Street has made a habit of running in the opposite direction of people with small accounts. Maybe we should build something and run towards them." Mm -hmm. And that was like literally the the. The, the, the line that started this all. Um, the other thing that um, Kevin and I were able to bring to the table in this was, so I I'm, I hate to admit how long I've been in the industry, but I started in this business way back in 1995, back when they used to call people stockbrokers. And then, you know, we evolved into financial advisors and wealth wealth advisors. And um, But in that time period before Bloom, when I was managing money for people, I oftentimes had Friends of mine, neighbors, people I'd meet out socially, who would say they'd come up to me and they'd say, "Hey, Chris, you know you're a financial advisor, money manager, right?" And I'd say, "Yeah, I am." And they'd say, "You know, I um, I've got this account. I think they call it like a, like a 401 okay or something. <laughs> and uh, and I I I know I'm putting money uh th- from my paycheck each month. It's going into this account, but you know I have no clue if I have picked the right things. I'm not sure if my maybe my employer, are they picking the, the, you know, are they managing that account for me? You know, I don't know how much stock or bond or whatever I should have in there. And they'd say, would you mind taking a look at the account for me? Uh, and just giving me a little bit of advice. And I said, of course, you know, I'd be happy to do that. Just like snap a PDF copy of your statement and send it over to me. And so I'd see this statement. Um, and it seemed to, I mean, it probably happened to me 100 times over like an 18 year time period and i'd see this statement from my good friend or my neighbor or a colleague and it seemed like 80 or 90 percent of the time i could see very quickly like there was just it was just a hodgepodge a smattering of random invest. like there was no strategy you know mm-hmm. there'd be four different target date funds in there or there'd be you know no international or no stock or the worst of all which is actually i hate to i hate to bring this up, but it's a, it's a sad fact. My own sister, Annie, when we were building bloom, uh, I called her up one day and I said, Hey, can I get your login credentials to your 401k? We need to test our technology on your 401k. <laughs> and this is, this is back in like 2013 or something. And, and amazingly, my younger sister, she's like, sure. And she gave me her login credentials guys. I got into her account. My younger sister, Annie, she was 36 at the time, every penny of her retirement savings was in the dang money market fund. Oh my Her God. entire nest egg, really? everything, everything in the money market fund. It's like growing so negatively.
0: percent interest, so basically not even beating inflation.
2: Well, yeah. So, so, so it story actually gets a little bit worse. So I call her, what I was actually hoping is that maybe by chance, like she had just like freaked out recently. Maybe she was watching Jim Cramer and she panicked out of the market or something, (laughs) you know, or somebody at work, you know, got her scared. So I called her up. I'm like, Annie, I go, tell me, did you, did you just recently bail out of all your investments? And she's like, no. And then here's where it gets worse. She says, you know, when I signed up for the 401k, I remember like the HR person, they gave me a brochure, a list of funds, or maybe I went to the website and I had like all forty or funds, forty or fifty different funds to pick from. She's like, I didn't know what like L R G E cap uh, or you know emerging market meant, or corporate bonds or tips, and all these other, you know abbreviations that she was given. So she's like, I figured just one of these days I'd ask you for help. Well, guess what? One of these days turned into five years. So oh she went from God. like and, and listen to the timing too. She signed up for the four hundred one k or was enrolled in that in two thousand and nine. I caught this in like 2013. What did the market do during that period? It exploded. It like skyrocketed, didn't it? It exploded. It doubled. I mean, the, the low point in the market was March of 09. So, I mean, she literally might have missed one of the best four or five-year periods ever we might any of us ever see in our lifetime. And I think, you know, over that four or five-year period, you know, maybe she made a couple dozen dollars or something. And when she should have doubled the account value. And the point that I want to make here, my sister, Annie was valedictorian of a huge high school class, almost a 4.0 girl in college, has a great career. The point in me sharing this with you is not to brag of my sisters, to make the point that screwing up your 401k does not discriminate. Mm. This is yeah. not a problem of like the lower They don't know, teach this of- stuff.
1: Like in they high don't. school and college, it's just kind of you're on your own. And I feel like the yeah. HR people who give you these packets, they, they mean well, but
2: they don't know any more than you do. Yes, exactly. And, and part of the problem in the 401k and even financial services industry at large is that it is not intuitive. It's probably never going to be intuitive. I mean, this mm. is, there is some de- degree of complexity in this. and you know the, the, the thing we talk about a lot is there are certain things in our lifetime where we have come to expect that you just don't DIY it. Mm. It's just not meant to be a do-it-yourself proposition. Now, some of your listeners, you guys are clearly, um, uh, you know, talking to a skewed audience. People that are listening to your show have, you know, of some degree of interest in finance. Okay, mm. you know, and 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 I'm sure that kind of spans somewhat of a spectrum in there. And so your audience might be a little more tune or comfortable, or confident. And their ability to go into their 401k and, and, and make those choices. I, I, I love when I get a chance to speak in front of a crowd. because I always ask the crowd, I'll say, raise your hand if you have a 401k or a retirement account from your employer. And you know, the hands go up, keep your hands up in the air and then leave your hands in the air. If you're competent, confident, confident, that you have selected the right, the best, you know, the, the appropriate investments inside your 401k and you're, you're confident that you've minimized fees inside your 401k and all, but usually like 10% of the hands will go down. You know, most people, no matter what profession they're in, you know, this stuff does not come Intuitive to them and like I say, the financial services has not done us any favors to make this easy. Uh, the, a lot of the platforms that 401ks are built on are archaic. Um, I, gosh, I remember when I used to log into my wealthy clients' 401k accounts and when they'd come into the office and I so I could help them rebalance or reallocate their 401k. I'm sitting here and I would have to spend five or ten minutes trying to figure out how in the hell to change their account. I'm like, I'm a CFP with a couple decades experience. I can't even freaking figure out where you're supposed to put the transaction in, or, you know, am I doing current balance or future contributions or do I need to do employer money first. And then my, con- I mean, it's just the, the deck for a lot of people. It's no wonder why a lot of people Uh, have struggled is because I think the deck has been stacked against them. Um, It's not been user-friendly.
1: The crazy thing is, is for most people, the 401k is is like their biggest and best chance at an awesome retirement because it's coming in automatically so they don't have to think about it and they're probably not saving month to month and then if there's matching say the employer only matches 25 cents in the dollar that's like an immediate 25 percent return right there and so the incentives are, are huge to to put your money in this and then to like when I was young, I I fancied myself pretty damn smart. I was like the best picker of I don't know these four letter <laughs> things ever, and I would just look at the three year return, and I was like, I'm just gonna put in the highest ones. Look at me, yeah. But it turned yeah. out uh, they all had like the highest fees, and um, <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, I agree with you that uh, it's a pretty big problem. And really, nobody talks about it because it's not like sexy. Like, I don't know, <laughs> investing in Bitcoin or something. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> but like, um, what do you guys do to like reverse this? Or what can people who want to DIY do <laughs> to not make a fool of themselves 50 years in the future?
2: Yeah. Well, so what we've tried to do when we, I mean, four, four and a half years ago, we started building Bloom. You know, once we would identified this is clearly an area that needs massive disruption. Um, you know, at the time, there were other robo advisors that were coming online, you know, things, you know, fo- folks at like Betterment and Wealthfront. But nobody then and still nobody today is doing what we're doing inside of the gigantic, I mean, gigantic 401k space. Um, and so uh, that's a point that I always like to make. You know, we're not competing with Betterment and they're not competing with us at this point because mm-hmm. we don't manage accounts outside of 401ks, 403bs, and TSPs. And they don't manage individual accounts um, in, in that space either. So um, we, it was very obvious to us given my background and Kevin's background um, and, you know, just looking around at things that there, this is an area that needs help in a very big way. Cause you, Andrew, you were so right when you made the point earlier for most Americans, their largest financial asset is their 401k, their 403b, their retirement savings account. Mm. They may not even have other IRAs and Roth IRAs and things of that nature. They might have a house clearly, but maybe they don't have, you know, the kind of equity in a house even that they have in their 401k. Yeah. And you know, we all know that, you know, we live in a world now today further to your to your point where Almost every single one of us that's listening to this podcast is not going to get a pension like our grandparents used to mm. get. You know, my my grandpa retired back in the '70s as an airline pilot. My grandma, who's 99, I'm proud to say, still lives in San Diego, wow. is still getting a monthly pension check from that airline. But mm. virtually every one of your listeners, if they're not a teacher, if they're not a police officer or a firefighter, every other one of your listeners like it or not, is going to have to rely on something like a 401k or if you're self-employed, maybe it's a SEP IRA, things of that nature. Um, And so this is super, super critical. Most people aren't going to win the lottery. Most people aren't going to sell a business for a gazillion dollars. Mm. You know, most people need this 401k To perform for them. And a lot of the work that's been done in the industry has been around and for good reason, incenting people uh, to save money and start early. We all get that. I'm sure every one of your listeners understands that already. Mm. But it's like that last mile of the marathon hadn't been run until Bloom came along because it's like, okay fine, fine. I agree. I need to be saving money. I agree. I'll start, I'll sign up for my 401k. And so then these people are partying with their hard earned dollars. they are making a Mm -hmm. mature decision to defer that money for down the road. And then it's like my sister, you know, then it's like, it goes into a damn money market fund. And it's like, let's run just that last mile of the marathon and make sure that those hard earned dollars are being invested appropriately. That's
1: heartbreaking that over, you know, maybe you contribute 30 or 60 or 100,000 over the course of your whole career into your 401k and for it to be nominally more and not hundreds of thousands of dollars, which you need to retire Mm. on, that's terrible. Um, My question to you, Chris, is this is you guys just do magic like what what do you guys do
2: yeah it's it's you know it's really uh, i mean obviously there's complexities in the algorithms and the technology that allow us to deliver this at scale but really Try investing me. does not yeah <laughs> does not need to be super hard and so what we've built at bloom is first of all anybody who's got a retirement account from an employer okay it's got to be a 401k or 403b or tsp
1: mm-hmm.
2: everybody I'm listening things? What's What do those mean? Yeah. Like what's the difference? Yeah. So 401k is generally the employer sponsored retirement account you'd get from a, like a for-profit company. A 403b is often the retirement uh, vehicle you'd have if you worked for a non-for-profit, maybe you were a nurse, uh, maybe you were a teacher, um, you know, maybe you worked for a charity. Those are often found in those types of uh, employers. And then the TSP is, is short for the thrift savings plan, which every government worker participates mm. in the thrift savings plan okay. has the, has access to that. And so. the way that they function
1: are- is essentially the same. It's just, uh, different. Yes, acronyms.
2: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. pre Yeah. Money coming out of your paycheck pre-tax goes into this account that you're then, you know, asked to manage and pick the funds in. And then it grows tax deferred and then it's available to you upon your retirement um, to, to then withdraw from. And so just just so that you guys know how big of a market is. So 401k, 403b, TSP, that covers about today. 80 million people in this country, mm. so we're talking wow. a very, very big market here. The only people yeah. that 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 um, that aren't going to be able to get help from Bloom today are people that are self-employed that have something like a SEP IRA. Um, or have no retirement account at all set up. So um, the way we built this is that, and I would encourage all of your listeners, if they've got a, a retirement account through an employer, go to the Bloom website, Bloom spelled with three O's. In about three or four minutes, you can get a totally free analysis done on the health of your account. So Bloom playing off of that, we use an image of a flower. To convey the health of someone's account so you go to the account you link up your 401k you're not moving your money anywhere you're not paying us anything at all you link up the account through data aggregation we go into the account analyze how you're invested the hardest question we ask you is when do you want to smash your alarm clock promise you that's the hardest question we ask so many people so many people don't want to deal with this shit because it's like they get asked all these incredibly complicated questions and it's intimidating now nah, that it Bloom. Um, What's so your you mother's maiden name? I don't know yeah, what my mother's so. maiden is. Come on. <laughs> even even just stuff like you know, are you a conservative, moderate, or aggressive investor? Well, hmm. what the hell does that mean? Sometimes you know. Um, yeah. I mean, we just sometimes we can't. I'm a libertarian. Wall Street can't. Yeah, that's exactly where people go to. Yeah, politically. What are you asking about? You know. So yeah. we we ask them the date of birth and when they want to smash their alarm clock because that then tells us their time frame how much time they have to invest it. So then analysis we do is based on that time frame, and we'll show them an image of their flower to convey the health. And then we'll also show them exactly how their account should be invested, the allocation, you know, this much in large company stocks and so on and so forth. So you actually could stop there. Anybody could stop there, totally free, take that allocation advice. And if they were comfortable doing it themselves, just go take that advice and implement it at that mm, point. Okay. But the people that want actually Bloom to do that for them. And what I mean by do it for them is you would actually sign up, you pay Bloom. We only have one fee, one flat fee. It's $10 a month. We mm-hmm. wanted to kind of anchor that to what a lot of people are paying for Netflix. So, so no matter
0: what your balance is, it's just 10 bucks a month.
2: doesn't matter what your balance is. doesn't matter where you work. It doesn't matter where your 401k or 403b is held. It certainly doesn't matter the account size. And we manage accounts literally for people. I think we've got you know clients with thousand bucks, a couple thousand bucks. I think our largest client is 4 million. All those people are wow. paying $10 a month. Um, At a and thousand so if,
0: dollars though, doesn't that represent a pretty, pretty big uh, percentage of the portfolio? If
2: it does. If that was the only service we're providing and I'll, I'll, I'll finish up and kind of say what that $10 actually gets you beyond just the 401k or, or, or investment advice. So if you sign up and pay the $10, Bloom then will step in through technology and actually go in for you and reallocate your account, like literally place the trades for you. And then we put the account kind of on a monitoring system. And so as market conditions well, well, change. Hold,
1: hold up a second. So, yeah. I mean, like, I'm pretty, uh, I'm a great picker You know I liked my picks. Why are you switching them? Like what to like, what rhyme and reason? What? Well I
2: mean if if you again think about this Andrew if you're confident that you and a if you're confident you know what you're doing and you enjoy managing your own 401k you you may not be a client for Bloom you know that there's there's certainly some subset of the population. Well, I guess
1: what I'm curious at is like, what are some of the criteria that would make you say, sell something that I bought and buy something new? Like, obviously if your sister is in all cash, probably Mm -hmm. putting it all Mm -hmm. in anything would even be Mm -hmm. better. But then, you know, most people are somewhere in the middle, maybe like they're 20 and they're all in bonds. Or, you know, they love the the name BlackRock. It sounded cool, Mm -hmm. but the fees (laughs) are 2%. Like, how do you kind of reconcile this?
2: Well, um, so, so first of all, let's be very clear. There's no one right answer Mm -hmm. to the allocation of your account, but, but we know there's a lot and almost an infinite number of ways you can do it wrong. Um, and so, the allocation that we're going to put together for you, there's no like rocket science going on, you know, magic wizard of Oz behind the curtain. It is basically starting with, first of all, let's understand how long you have to invest this money. Are you 58 and you want to retire at 60, or are you 23 and you want to retire at 60? That's the most important thing you need to know when you're setting up and investing in a retirement account. And then from there, it's wait, pretty wait, common. why? Ass- why? I'm, I'm going to just well, interrupt the shit. No, no, that's, hey? fine. that's fine. Because if you are 25 years old today mm. and you and you want to retire at 60, let's say, right. that is three and a half decades to grow this money. So what you should be doing is like full pedal to the metal, as much growth as you possibly can right. for as long as you can. That gives you the best opportunity to have the most growth in your account. So even if the market goes
1: down, like over time, you're just going to win.
2: The market has, this is actually, I actually just filmed a video today that we're going to send up every single one of our clients today. And then every client that comes on board. And I was crystal clear in this video. What I said to people is I said, this may may be the most important message I ever make. And that is, I guarantee your account and the stock market will decline from time to time. It is absolutely to be expected. The sooner you can kind of wrap your arms around the concept that it is normal Mm. and business as usual for the stock market to periodically decline. And then what's more important is your behavior during that. So many Mm. people, when they're left to their own devices, the market goes down and they bail out. And they think they're doing themselves a favor, um, but really they're acting on something and information advice that's already happened. Maybe they're turning on, you know, CNBC, and there's a bunch of talking heads screaming about the end of the world, which we saw happen Mm. during the financial crisis. The ironic thing about that is, when the news media in general was the most negative in the 2008 2009 financial crisis, like best time to invest. Yes, it was March of '09. (laughs) Which was, we'll never see those prices again. And so if we can, part of the thing that that, uh, the value that Bloom wants to bring to the table is if we can help our clients with their behavior and train them, if they'll look at their investment portfolio in the same manner that they look at When they go to the store to buy groceries, meaning you look for bargains. You know, when things on that you like go on sale at the store, you don't panic. You buy more. For some reason, as human beings, the wires in our heads at birth got crossed, and when we 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 act the exact opposite when it comes to our investing investments. When they go down, you think something's wrong with them and you have a tendency to bail out or young people stop contributing. And the right thing to do, you guys know this, the right thing to do when the market goes down is actually, if you can, ratchet up your contributions because you're buying more at lower prices, which is exactly what you want to do. Um, And so, so much of, yes, Bloom is in the business of getting an allocation appropriate for our clients, but I'm telling you guys right now, The biggest needle mover we can ever do in this world for our clients is we can wrap our arms around some large group of people in this country and help them from – or stop them from making some of these common mistakes. Mm -hmm. You hear so many times that people are like, I just can never make any money. I don't understand it. I think the market's rigged and this and that. It's not. But when you buy – High and you sell low because you're either acting in a moment of greed, like we saw happen during the dot-com run-up in the late '90s, or you're acting out of fear, like we saw during the financial crisis. Emotions and rational decisions don't have a place together. And if Bloom can act of that as that safety net, you know, where uh, you know at least maybe the clients call, you know, message us first before they panic out. Um, I think we can help a lot of people in that regard. Sorry to get off on a little tangent there.
0: No, that's right. People need to hear it.
2: Yeah, so so back so, so back to that process. So when somebody signs up, we're gonna go in and put them in an allocation that makes sense for them is from in good good balance of stocks and bonds depending on that time frame, and then filling in the holes of you know how much in large cap and mid-cap and small cap and international and bonds if they need any. And then here's the unique thing about the Bloom algorithm. When we go into a 401k, we look at every single choice that our client has available to them. Okay. And we start to categorize all those choices into, into an asset class. And then the algorithm will self-select the fund out of each asset class with the lowest hidden expense ratio. Mm-hmm. So what happens is we all the time will have a client that will sign up. Maybe they're in a target date fund, you know, target date 2050 or 2055. But a lot of times these days, these 401ks have done a much better job of adding in index fund options into the mix. Yes. and so. We see all the time where somebody, nobody, nobody knows, almost nobody knows the exact fees they're paying inside their 401k, but we do. And if you're in a target date fund and maybe you're paying 1%, there's a darn good chance we'll recreate essentially a target date fund using the fund, the other index funds available for potentially half the cost.
1: So um, Chris, if, if I understand correctly, uh, your fees could be 0% and they can go up to like 100% um and one percent sounds pretty small i mean there's 99 percent left for you why is why is this a bad thing i'm, I'm saying I'm, yeah, yeah okay so um your fees could go up to a hundred percent right so relatively speaking one percent in fees sounds pretty low um why should i care if i have one percent fees in my 401k
2: um, are you talking about like, like if bloom aside, just like your fees in general? Yeah. 401k, like like if, if I picked yeah.
1: funds that were, you mm-hmm, know,
2: mm-hmm. a little bit more care?
1: expensive, but maybe they're sexier. I don't know. You, you know, it's
2: uh, fees. Don't get me wrong. Obviously we're big believers in, in trying to lower fees. Um, mm-hmm. we're big believers in the use of index funds. Um, that's obviously how the algorithm is built just to try and find those, uh, for our clients inside their plan. But it's not fees aren't the, fees really aren't the ultimate enemy in all this. The enemy in this, in in our feeling is that there's 80 million people in this country and probably 5 million of those people have a bunch of dough and are getting help from a professional. And there's maybe another 5 million or so, probably a good chunk of those listening to this podcast that are comfortable, enjoy managing their own money. But, you know, that probably still leaves somewhere, you know, plus or minus 70 million people out there that don't have a lot of dough, don't want to do it themselves, probably know that this is important. Mm. That's the real enemy. It's this lack of access to professional help. And like we've talked about at the top of the show, that's when technology can be such a, we- a weapon of, I call it a weapon of mass democratization, is yeah. that it can bring these valuable services to people that, that maybe previously weren't getting this. So yes, yes. So fees are a, a, a part of the story, But the real thing is, and I I hate to use this example, but hell, even if somebody was paying high fees in their portfolio, but at least they had a strategy that made sense, at least they had an advisor that they could lean on when they got scared. Um, Because that $10 fee, you've got access when you're feeling that way to message us and hopefully we can talk you off the cliff. But it also gives you access in life to ping us with money related questions. You know, so we get asked all the time from our clients. You know, we'll hear things like, Hey, I've still got student loan debt. I've got a 401k at my company. I'm wondering how much I should be contributing or anything, if at all. Um, or we get questions sometimes. Well, you know, a uh, client will say, Hey, I was sitting home at, my, at night At and I heard an advertisement for Quicken about refinancing my home mortgage. I'm just wondering if that's something I should be looking into. And we can actually run an analysis for them um, and tell them if it makes sense. And so, Part of that $10 is just having access, getting yeah. the ability to have a professional working for you that you didn't need to qualify for.
0: <laughs> Since it's the flat fee though, I do want to dig into it a little bit further because I mean the having access to the advice is definitely useful, mm-hmm. but you mentioned that you have clients with a thousand dollars and they're okay. And at $10 a month that represents a 12% annual fee. Mm-hmm. And you know, if I make, the average of 7% to 8% in the stock market. If I go with an index fund that actually causes me to have a negative return. So mm-hmm. I feel like if, if you are going to go with a flat model like that, a flat fee model, there is a certain like there's a certain balance threshold people should have in their mind before using you guys makes sense. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I would argue that if the only thing we were doing was managing your 401k, then potentially yes. Um, but I'll give you some great examples. So, um, I'll using that mortgage refinance example. Clients got a thousand bucks in their 401k. We're charging in $10 a month. Okay. And they ping us and they say, I've got a mortgage and I'm paying X percent. Um, I uh, I'd like to know if I should refinance. And we do the analysis for them and say, absolutely you should Um, send them to a place. You know, we're not affiliated with any mortgage company. We just kind of push them in a direction, you know, go get this done kind of coach them through the process. And they come back and they say, this is awesome, guys. Um, I actually saved one hundred and eighty dollars on my monthly mortgage payment. I'm paying ten bucks to Bloom to get that advice, but you just saved me one hundred and eighty dollars. I'm actually, uh, I actually will use my sister as an example again because that happened to her. So, backing up a little bit, I so do. I to, do want to answer what your e- To what
1: extent can I bother you? So, um, because my mm-hmm. my finances are complicated. And, mm-hmm. uh, I actually have a tough time finding people to help me. Mm-hmm. Can I pay you $10 mm-hmm. and just like message you every day? <laughs>
2: um, so, so far that hasn't been a problem. Um, okay. but, uh, we, so you're saying yes. Have... <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but in, in, in it, I want to be clear that, you know, it's not something we're not going to come to your house. You know, we're not mm-hmm. going to drive to your office. It's not even done over Skype. This is all done over message. Mm-hmm. I think occasionally yeah. maybe the, the advisors may be we'll pick up a phone, but usually this user questions that can be answered back and forth. It's even over better. A, I rarely wear check. pants. So yeah, good. Good. So we don't <laughs> want to concede you anyway. Exactly. Um, but yes, in, in theory, I mean, we want our clients, we want our clients to look at bloom as their advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And so to, and I, and I, and we, probably haven't done the greatest job of communicating that. And, you know, you see other, other firms, there's a lot of talk these days about kind of blending technology with human interaction to offer both of that. Balance. And there are definitely some people out there that want the human interaction, but there's also a fairly decent subset of people that are like, please, I don't want to have to go talk to an advisor. Can I do this over email or chat or something or in, you know, online and not have to go sit face to face? I'm scared they're gonna ask me questions that I don't know the answers to. And so I think giving people the ability to execute it totally in that manner is will will always be important. And it's probably going to be more important as younger people. You know, I look at my own daughters, I've got two daughters and how technologically in tuned they are. And I can see when they're, you know, 10 years from now, when they might have a 401k, they're, they're probably going to want to do it all online. So, but, uh, but, but back to your question earlier. So um, before bloom, my million, my millionaire clients, we knew every single one of those clients, mortgage rates, and anytime interest rates went down enough, we proactively reached out to those people and encouraged them to go get refinanced. It wasn't anything that we made any money off of. It was just part of the service package that we would we would we would coach them on. And, and these folks would come back and you know be happy about refinancing. Thank you, it was good advice. You know, it's kind of a pain in the butt to do the refinance, but I'm glad I did because we saved 250 bucks a month. Well, 250 bucks to somebody that's worth four million dollars. You know, you know, it, yes, it's important, but it's not needle moving. Now, fast forward to a year ago, my sister who I talked about earlier, I texted her one night and I said, Annie, what's your mortgage rate? Long story short, she went and got her mortgage rate refinanced. She saved $300 a month that paid for like a third of what she was paying for daycare expenses. Mm. That is fucking needle moving. Yeah, Yeah, that is game changing. And Annie before Bloom And all the other tens of millions of Annie's out there have no one looking out for them, making that type of recommendation. And so I argue that forget what we're even doing in your 401k. There's going to be opportunities in your lifetime where good financial advice will pay for our fee in multiples and multiples and multiples of what you're going to pay.
0: So if I'm a customer with Bloom and interest rates go down and I don't catch it, are you guys going to like email me or is there some way that the algorithm knows like this is going to affect this subset of customers in a positive way we should let them know
2: eventually yes it's going to get even better today we have to kind of lean on our clients a little bit we have a profile page when you become a client we have a a profile page but it's voluntary so we ask you to put some information in if you'll put that information in we can actually give you better advice um but occasionally sometimes like just recently we sent out an email to a, a geographic group of people um And said, hey, if you've got a mortgage and you're going to plan on being in this house for at least two or three more years, you know, answer these questions. We'll actually do a free analysis and tell you if it makes sense to refinance. And a handful of people have done that.
0: Okay. So really thinking about Bloom as both a 401k wealth management company, but also as an advisory service makes it make more sense.
2: At least exactly. Exactly. And the other other thing I'd say is, you know, let's say you never took us up on any advice. You just paid us to keep your 401k in check if there comes a day down the road where you've got more than a thousand bucks, you know, 50 grand, hundred grand, whatever. And you want to do one of those game changing mistakes where you're about to jump off the cliff because you're scared. And if we can keep you doing that, sometimes keep you from making those massive, you know, knee jerk mistakes, then uh, that's another opportunity for us to pay for our fee in spades.
0: Yeah. So before we wrap this episode up, I know that I don't know a whole lot about 401ks and mm-hmm. it, it's actually a good thing because it reminds me of the people listening probably don't know the same amount that I don't know or less. <laughs> so this is something that I have never hundred percent cleared up for myself. What exactly is a 401k? Is it something that is the same as an IRA except for employer sponsored? Or is it like an egg within which you could get into an IRA or something else? Like, I don't exactly know what it really is.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, let's start off by saying what a terrible name. 401k. <laughs> no, and it's it's taken because it's taken from the the code in the tax law where these things were born. You know, out of in the, the late 70s. And another interesting side note about the 401k, they were never intended to be what they've turned out to be um, today and used in the manner. Because back when in the late 70s, still most companies offered a pension, yeah. and a pension a pension was something that the company took care of for their employees. And obviously mm. now today, the 401k, the 403b is is largely employee. The participant their responsibility. So right. a 401k, 403B, let's call them let's call them employer sponsored retirement accounts. That's actually not a good name either because it takes so long to say employer sponsored retirement accounts. Um, but they are vehicles, retirement savings vehicles that are sponsored by your employer. Um, it allows you to defer some of your paycheck pre-taxes, which there's a benefit in doing that. So if you're okay. if you make five if you make five grand a month, uh, and you don't have a 401k, you're going to get taxed on $5,000 a month. Right. If you uh, make five grand a month and you have access to a 401k and you just, and you choose to put a thousand dollars of that 5,000 into the 401k, you're only taxed on $4,000. So, okay. You, so okay. regardless
0: of what the investment actually is, if it's going into a 401k, it's always pre-tax. Correct. And Correct. You're not being taxed on it right now.
2: Yeah. So then in that example, instead of being taxed on the full five grand a month, you're only getting taxed on $4,000 a month. So you can kind of do the math and see, you know, depending on your tax bracket, that could be a 20 or 30% savings right there, just in, in fewer taxes.
0: So in that way, it's like a traditional IRA
2: then? Traditional IRA in that um, for some people that uh, don't have access to a 401k, a traditional IRA can be used in the same manner and it can be used with pre-tax dollars or some, you know, complicated qualifications that you right. know, make under a certain amount of money and can't participate spouse and things of that nature. But yes, in general, it's very similar. So okay. you're at the employer, you choose to participate in the 401k, you choose how much to defer. Andrew mentioned this earlier. Uh, sometimes, Probably more often than not, the employer is going to match some of your contribution. Mm-hmm. Um, commonly, this isn't the case in all times, but commonly they will match 3% of your first 6% that you put in. So you need to put in 6% of your paycheck to get 3% given to you from the employer. Okay. We co- we, this is important. We coach our clients that even if you are in debt, please, please, please do not – forego that free money from your employer please put that that minimum amount in to make sure you're getting the match from the employer figure out what their match is it is free money so if you think about the free money from your employer plus the little tax kicker from it from the fact that it went in pre-tax you're already money ahead and we haven't even talked about which investments to pick yet
0: okay so So, three percent of six percent so another way to word that would be like basically up to 6% of your, of your salary, they're going to match 50 cents for every dollar you put in. That's right. That's right.
2: And it's, every employer is different. Some employers, unfortunately don't offer a match. Other employers are more generous than that. So that's, it's important for each person to know how, how that's set up. And even if you had, and so, and, and the advice, um, you know, if you've got credit card debt, if you've got student loan debt, high interest card debt, things of that nature, you should only be contributing, enough to get the employer match and not a penny more because every other dollar in our opinion needs to be going to attack that debt. Um, so, so, so back to the 401k. So your contributions plus the employer match, if there is one are going into this account, think of this as like just an account bucket, if you will. Okay. And then it's up to the employee to then pick Which investments inside of their 401k they need to invest that money? So please note your employer is not doing that for you. The employer has set a menu, if you will, like in a restaurant, they've given you a menu of the funds you can pick from, but you have to go in and direct what happens. So in my sister's case, all her money was like defaulted into the money market. And what she needed to do is take that next step and go in and pick her investments. And that's where she got tripped up. Um, So you have to then go in and pick those investments. If you're comfortable, if you understand investing, that's something you can do yourself. If you've got a bunch of money and have a financial advisor, get help from your advisor. If you don't, that's exactly where Bloom would step in. If you've got the 401k and you're not comfortable picking those things yourself, that's where we can help.
0: So with a lot of 401ks, so just to put this out there up front, functionally, aside from the matching, a 401k is largely identical to either a Roth or a traditional IRA in the dimension that you put money into it, but then you select the individual funds that generate returns within that vehicle, right?
2: That is exactly right. There's obviously, you okay. guys know, there's subtle subtle nuances in the tax treatment of the Roth and the 401k. But yes, yeah, you, it starts with money going into the account. Yeah. And then the next step is, remember we talked about it earlier, it's like we gotta run that last mile of the marathon. Good yes. for you, put money in the account. Now we need to finish that last mile and pick prudent investments inside that account.
0: And, okay, so you're never gonna have an IRA within a 401k. They're both separate. No, right, right. No They're separate got but okay. yep.
1: I do think it's important to say that like when you're in an IRA, you could invest in like almost anything, whereas mm-hmm. often right. a 401k, like some person, hopefully an educated person, Picked awesome funds, but you, like, if you hear us talk about the Vanguard Total Stock Market Fund, you're like, ah, I want that in my 401k, it's awesome, and it's cheap, and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. There's, like, such a small chance that your company right. or administrator allowed that even to be an option in your 401k. Right. So
2: great. Andrew,
1: Yeah, Like, you're working with these, like, 12 funds that you've never yep. heard of before, no one's ever heard of before, because they, I don't know, there's probably some kickback things, weird shit going on, mm-hmm. so... I think the for me when I was picking my 401k uh you had to like you have to like do all of this research essentially whereas if so, you have your own IRA you invest in what you want. So what never this makes exactly sense right. to
2: me
0: is what causes the fund options you have within a 401k to be limited. Like if I'm if I'm the owner of the business do I just like call up my friend Barry the financial advisor and I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> pick like 10 funds that my employees can you know select it, from and that's all they get and that because of i don't know like what what why wouldn't i just like open a giant vanguard account or why would i just like pay someone to like if they want fidelity pick fidelity if they want vanguard pick vanguard like anything they want like why is it so limited
2: yeah so so you know that is close to maybe how it happens in some cases um <laughs> but it kind of depends on like who the business owner, the decision maker at the company, you know, kind of leaned on for setting up that plan. Um, you know, if they were working with a fiduciary, um, which a fiduciary, I don't know if you guys have talked about this, uh, on your show, but that's getting a lot of talk these days. Um, there's a big difference between somebody who has to act in your best interest and somebody who doesn't have to act in your best interest and surprise, there's actually a lot of people in financial services that are not compelled to to act in the client's best interest mm. is fucking yeah. crazy, but it is it is the case. So Bloom is a fiduciary, not because we have to, because we want to be. It's a right way to do things. And so if there was a fiduciary involved at the plan level, working with the business owner to set up the plan, you know, presumably they've done good work in providing good choices. So the thing about this is, is you know, this is, I think, a, a little bit of a problem sometimes even with the American culture, and that is that we have – Often believed that more choice is always good. So we want to go into Costco and man, I want to have 50 different flavors of mustard to pick from. Mm. Okay. More choice is better. You know, it's like in so many different areas of our life, that's what we're led to believe. Okay. That doesn't work that well inside of 401k accounts. And we see some 401k plans where a client will sign up and they've got 150 different options. Again, If you're in that small minority where you're kind of an investment junkie and you love this stuff, you might like all that choice. But most Americans are like, God dang it. It's like paralysis of analysis. You know, it's too many choices. And people are like, I don't even know where to start here. Um, And so, but in the crazy thing is, here's the other weird thing about the 401k space. Right now, your listener, let's say they've got a 401k plan. Their next door neighbor or their roommate works at a different company also, with a fidelity 401k plan. They can have and and will have totally different funds likely in their lineup and here's the other crazy thing at totally different fee structures. You know, roommate number 1 might have a bunch of really good low cost funds in the plan. Roommate number 2 might have a bunch of shitty high active fee funds in their plan. They're both fidelity plans, 10x different in cost. Mm. It makes No sense, but that is absolutely what's happening today in this, in the 401k space.
0: Just imagine like a bunch of greasy businessmen in back rooms, just like making deals and drinking scotch. And that's like, that's why that happens.
2: (laughs) Uh, I mean, it is, uh, I, don't, I don't mind at all picking a fight with wall street because so much of that has gone on and it's, it's so opaque. There's no transparency. People don't know what they're paying. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, I mean, I think, but you know what? There's companies like Bloom out there in a number of different areas in financial services that are trying to just disrupt that status quo right now.
0: Yeah.
1: So if I was to like in Bloom to like betterment for your 401k, how how mm-hmm. angry does that make you? Or you're
2: like, yeah. <laughs> No, I'm glad. I, I think it's good that you brought it up because, like, your your investors are a lot of them are, are sophisticated enough to maybe ha- have that same question. Um, so, Betterment, uh, what makes Betterment for 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 business or Betterment? I'm not sure how they've labeled their 401k plan is. Betterment can go to the business owner and get the business owner to offer the Betterment 401k to their employees. Okay, but that's not a choice that the employees have. Okay. What makes Bloom different is that you can be employed at any company in the country. Okay. And it doesn't matter if your 401k is managed by Betterment. You actually or Fidelity. took this
1: way deeper than I, I even. I was like, oh, uh, shit, they do have a 401k. Like, <laughs> I was just thinking, like, the way that Betterment manages your taxable funds and just like the acts mm. that they provide as compared to like the acts that you would provide for a 401k, mm-hmm. w- would you say? is similar diametrically
2: yeah. opposed yeah. fuck no. betterment you know <laughs> no no not at all because again we're not competing with them mm-hmm. um and you know I, I remember i don't know if you guys remember, remember that couple years ago when uh, adam nash at wealthfront and john stein kind of got into a little pissing match yeah um and it was something about i think about fees or fee disclosure or something they're kind of picking at each other about you know low fees and this and that and I got a chance to respond, you know, publicly at the time. Bloom, you know, was you know just a much smaller you know entity than those firms were, but I did get a chance to respond in a couple of cases. And um, the message that I had is that hey. This is not about a race to zero in terms of fees. I always have felt like in my entire career that the cost is only an issue in the absence of value. Mm. And I felt like Betterment and Wealthfront and certainly Bloom, we are providing a huge value to people that weren't getting this before. Let's stop making this about – it doesn't have to be about cost. Cost should only be an issue if, we've, if you've got a commodity you know, where it's only the only differentiating factor is the price, but we're all providing a valuable service to a group of people that weren't getting this before. But, and and so I say that because Betterment and Wealthfront are managing, um, you know, rollover IRAs or Roth accounts or after tax stock type accounts. And we're all using algorithms to uh, efficiently uh, uh, handle the process of investing And allocating people's money. Now, what they're doing um, in taxable accounts that we don't need to do, which you hear sometimes, they talk a lot about tax loss harvesting. Obviously, that doesn't need to happen inside of a 401k or an IRA. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's definitely some similarities in terms of, you know, how the algorithm and asset allocation is built. And that's really never the secret sauce either mm. secret sauces. And whether you're not, our algorithm says you should have 18% in large cap. No, ours says you should have 16.2. That's not going to make oh. the difference. I between, agree. You know,
1: I mean, if you went yeah. to the Betterment website and you move the slider publicly, they'll tell you exactly what the allocation yeah. is. Yeah. And yeah. for people who really want to DIY it, like. By all means, do do it right. Like Absolutely. take the years of research and all the brilliant people. And I, I think it's more of um, I love nature. I love plants. I'm pretty familiar with the photosynthesis process. But I would never mow my own lawn because I just have better <laughs> shit to do.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I used to tell uh, before Bloom, you know, I used to have clients um, that were paying my firm tens, tens of thousands of dollars a year um, to manage their portfolios and give them advice and and act as their financial advisor. I used to be very clear with them. I, I would say everything in your portfolio you can take right now and fire me and go do on your own and not pay an advisor fee like literally today. Like you could stop paying the advisor fee. You've got this portfolio full of like Vanguard ETFs that are costing you next to nothing. You could take that and do that on your own. And I used to tell these clients, and I would say the same thing to our clients too, that it's on us, it's on Bloom to prove to you that the fee that we are charging you is worth that. And guess what? You get to judge if it is or not. So Mm -hmm. at any point in the equation, if you don't feel like you're getting $10 a month in value from Bloom, you should not be a client of ours.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, um, I get a ton of emails that are essentially like essays. I think it's like 80% life story and then like 30 questions yeah. at the end. Uh, <laughs> if, if you're going to answer them all for $10 a month, maybe I'll pay you. I'll just forward them to you. <laughs> you <could> arm- <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. You could, you could, you could charge $5 for it and then, uh, and then make, uh, make the spread on that. That's right. There we <laughs> go. Brilliant. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. Now we're a business podcast. There you <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> Well, Chris, thank you for coming on the show and thank you for clearing up some of that 401k stuff for me because I'm a little embarrassed to say I never had like a completely solid grasp on it, even as a money podcaster. Uh, yeah. fine. There's a lot of topics in money, so.
2: <laughs> can I leave your listeners with three really key pieces of advice? Sure. Like can we end on. Okay. There's three things that I think are critical to being successful with your investments. Um, it is not about picking the right investments. I'm gonna start with that because it's that's impossible to do. The only way you you can guess it right, but like we never know. Nobody that bleeds red blood ever knows which investments going forward mm. are gonna be the best ones. We can look backwards at what it did last year, or last five years, or last 10 years, or we can look at the number of stars that Morningstar gives us. But guys, that's backward looking. Mm. Okay, that's like driving down the highway at 80 miles an hour and looking in your rear view meter only. OK, uh, we, and, 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 and sometimes it's even worse than that, meaning the funds that did well the last five years might do the worst the next five years. So mm-hmm. there's no way that, that you can count on picking the right funds. So let's put that aside for the second. Let's focus on the three things in this world that any human has the ability, a fighting chance of controlling. I want to focus on the things that we know we can control. Number one, do what you can to minimize fees. Mm-hmm. OK, that is something we have control over. Some investments charge more than others. Okay, we can consciously um, prefer investments that have lower fee structure. That's within our control. Number two, get your overall stock to bond ratio correct. Meaning, you should not be 25 years old with 90 percent in bonds. Hmm. You probably shouldn't be 65 years old with 95 percent in stocks. So, there's some glide path of getting that right, and it's based on your time frame till you need that money. So, let's control. Let's get the stock to bond ratio roughly correct there. The last thing, number three, and this is by far, this trumps everything else. Okay. You can forget what I've said up to this point, this one thing, get your behavior right. Because if, even if you had a crystal ball, you know, I don't see any in either of your offices, but let's say you had a crystal ball and it worked and you could predict which investments were going to be the best, low cost, best performing. But if you screw up and your behavior is bad and you bail out of that investment the first time that thing goes down, it does not mean a hill of beans how good that thing is going to perform. Behavior trumps everything else. And if we can get those those, th- those three things, fees, stock-to-bond ratio, and your behavior, if you can c- control those, that is where you can get the most bang for your buck.
0: Absolutely agree. Damn right. Yep. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks Chris, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. If people want to connect with you or, you know, learn more about Bloom, where exactly should they go?
2: Yeah, I would encourage anybody that's curious about how we can help them with their 401k, their 403B, even their TSP. Go to Bloom's website. It's Bloom.com. Remember, we've got three O's in the word Bloom. Uh, if you type into, you're gonna end up shopping for cosmetics. You'll know you're at the wrong site. Um, <laughs> <laughs> go to the Just site make I also your 401k encourage- pretty Yes. <laughs> We're also As you guys mentioned earlier, um, we're very proud of the video we put together to tell us the Bloom story. Uh, It's about a three minute video. So if people have some time, they can watch that, understand more of why why we think what we're doing is so important.
0: I'm a professional video maker. That video is wonderful. Awesome. Thank you. Thank I watched you. it yeah. for this interview. It was awesome. I actually watched good. it a few
1: times before I was even like, Yeah, we should definitely have this guy back on. He's pretty awesome.
2: <laughs> well, well, cool. Thank you. Well, we we've got some super talented people at Bloom to help with us, and then we got a really good uh studio here in Kansas City that, that 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 handled the production. So we're we're very pleased how it turned out too. Thank you.
0: How has uh having a Yeti on staff been? <laughs> like
2: good, He's- bad. It's kind of high maintenance, you know? I mean, he's he's (laughs) irritable sometimes. He he has to eat at certain times. He disappears all the time. We don't know where he is, you know? Shampoo (laughs) costs are just... (laughs) Oh, yeah. She's shedding. I'm looking out. There's hair on the floor right now, you know? So...
0: (laughs) But, man, I've never had a better sequel engineer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. I found out the best of them. I the know the shit. Actually, that was one of our engineers that wore the costume, by the way. Really? Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm not surprised. All right, guys. Well, we will have all those links in the show notes, so go check out the video. Check out Chris's website, bloom with 3 Thanks. And uh, if you want to find the rest of our favorite tools for managing your money, for learning more about finance, we have our bookshelf. It's all over at listmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. So thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week's episode. Later, guys. Later, dude.